0: Paula, why don't you light a fire in the South Parlor? Oh my
1: God. (laughs) Kylie, we read this book the exact same way. That is my quote. (laughs) Oh my God, that's my quote.
2: (laughs) Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Characters Chat. I'm Emily. I've got my co-host here. Hello, that's me, co-host. I'm Kylie.
0: Nice to nice to sit down with you all this week.
2: Yeah, excited to be back. And um, if you would listen to the last podcast, you know, but if just in case you haven't, we are reviewing The Cousins by Karen McManus in this episode. But we are not the only ones today. Ow, ow, I am- ow so happy to introduce a friend, now colleague, the one and only Jalisa Cooley. So welcome Jalisa, you are our first guest on the characters chat and we're so excited to have you.
1: Oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was the first guest, so one, I feel very special, you guys should have said that (laughs) a long time ago, Um,
2: but very, very excited to be here. Uh, Jalisa was um, cornered by me I would just text her I was like yo you read want to be a guest <laughs> um, it worked out perfect I had a ton of books on my
1: shelf that I needed to get through so that worked out perfect gave me a reason
2: absolutely tell us a little like what brought you to the cousins like did you want to read anything by Karen McManus before or like was it just the description
1: so I am one of those people that are subscribe to just like a ton of newsletters and of course newsletters always have like their roundups of books like every mm-hmm. so often so I have like a goodreads account which is I mean it's like 60 70 books long at this point <laughs> <laughs> I always anytime my newsletter comes out and it has like a roundup of books I read all of the descriptions and I'm like ooh, add it to the list add it to the list um so this one had just kind of been sitting on the list for a while but honestly the like cover pulled me in like it's so like spooky and I'm like what is like what is this all about so I was definitely intrigued
0: for it is the folks listening at home who have no idea what the cousins is and hasn't seen the cover the cover let's describe it shall we it's um it's
2: typical Karen McManus <laughs> if you've read uh one of us is lying, it still has like follows her branding of faces with x's on them and like that uh written in blood font that's the yes. best way to, in like a creepy setting. Yes, yeah, that's perfect.
0: The tagline is family first, always.
2: Mm.
0: It almost looks like gothic. Doesn't yeah. It? Yeah, well, she vibes. like is
2: a thriller writer. So I guess yeah. that's what she goes for. Um, thanks to everyone who has tuned in to our first two episodes so far. You can listen to them wherever you get your podcasts. We have reviewed Evelyn Hugo and Pride and Prejudice where we did a book movie comparison um, so listen in, give us feedback. We're, we're excited to hear from you all and just keep on reviewing some books.
0: Yes, and on the note about feedback, you can reach out to us via email if you prefer that or on social media, but first our email address is characterspodchat at gmail.com, and then our Instagram, our Twitter, our TikTok is characterschat, Um, so you can reach out, you know, give us your thoughts about the cousins or, you know, any book, we will read your, um, your input and we'll judge your input, but we'll judge it so
2: nicely. (laughs) Um, and for those of you who might be new here, you know, we are an amateur book club. We just gather friends, read a book, review a book, have a few laughs along the way, you know, don't take anything we say too seriously. We're just out here having a good time and like wine and white claws along the way. So and at the end of every episode, we're going to tease the next book. So stay tuned and you'll hear what we're going to be reviewing next.
0: Yes. The thought of someone taking what we say seriously just really got me.
2: Great. <laughs> <Right.
0: laughs> um, oh, but on that note, this is serious. If you don't like spoilers, we are about to spoil the whole book. And this is a YA thriller. So there are things to be spoiled. So if you're going to be mad at us, stop listening now but okay. Should we jump in? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to start things off today with the book synopsis. So the cousins, Karen McManus. Cousins Millie, Aubrey, and Jonah are unwittingly thrown into the mystery of a lifetime when their estranged and extremely wealthy grandmother reaches out to them and invites them to work at her island resort for the summer out of the blue. The invite came as a shock their grandmother had cut off her own children years before the cousins were born. Why the invite? Why now? They head out to the exclusive island and are received with a less than enthusiastic welcome. As the summer rolls on, they learn more about themselves, their secrets, and the story behind the stories and what led to their family split. Come for the New England Who Done It, centered on a family that feels kind of like the Kennedys, but stay for the betrayal, shame, and deadly family secrets. Kylie!
1: (laughs)
2: That was great. That was great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That was incredible. (laughs) Thank you. the, The plots, I can't wait to get into that and talk them through because like our typical podcast, we don't talk about it until we record. So all of our takes are fresh with each other and we bounce it off. So I'm very into this one. A little bit about Karen McManus, she's a number one New York Times bestselling author, and you probably know her for her standout book, One of Us is Lying, which is actually currently in development with NBC slash Peacock for a season. So best of luck to Karen and can't wait to see what comes out of that one. She excels in young adult thrillers and complicated plots that will have you guessing the whole time, which I love how Kylie, like you noted at that in the summary. (laughs) In an interview with Shonda Land. she sat down with Scott Numer to discuss her works, including The Cousins, which was her first, um, her first novel that wasn't a part of like the One of Us is Lying series. It was actually her, so she wrote it forth, but she thought of this idea first and Ooh. then she couldn't, like, she got just One of Us is Lying down on paper. Um, and with this book, while she was writing The Cousins, she talked about how she needed to be disciplined. And how it was just different from the other. So she took her outline more seriously. And since it was also not her first time writing, she like learned so much um, and was able to apply it to this one. And a little fun fact about her, she wrote her first book at eight years old. Oh, I love that. I really love that. <laughs> Can, you... <laughs> Can you
0: imagine? I think... No, no. I think I wrote a f- chapter of a book when I was um, like 12. And then that was the end of my entire writing
1: career. <laughs> same, same. I think I wrote really... like... Like my friend had just gotten like a you guys remember those mini laptops like what happened to those yeah anyways one of my friends got one for like Christmas and I remember I was at her house and she like fell asleep I like wrote a chapter in a book never saw it again don't know what I was writing about don't know what happened to the mini laptop but yeah
2: the lost story I I hope to find that again
0: I I'm sorry I hope that she immediately saw it and was like oh interesting
2: (laughs) probably like delete this is trash.
0: like hmm, I wonder what chapter two is gonna look like <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> she becomes an editor
0: <laughs> at 12
2: <laughs> yeah oh my gosh
0: I love that um okay Emily thank you for that learned a little bit more about Karen McManus what a cool lady um shall we oh just a little bit of a premise for people listening at home if this is your first episode that you're jumping into we are now running into the characters chat segments um, we have a few segments that are standing we're going to do them every episode we'll ask the same questions over and over so you can also answer the questions at home if you want um, but then we have some special ones that are unique to each book that we read so here we go we're going to start off with our bread and butter baby the characters themselves um, this story had so many different players uh, like kind of at every turn and a lot of them while they maybe weren't like important, they had something essential to add to the story. So buckle up. We're going to start with the story, family tree. And at the top of it, uh, Abraham and Mildred's story are matriarch and patriarch.
2: And then you have the firstborn son, Adam's story. After Adam's story, we have Ander's story. And
0: then we have the only story daughter of
2: uh, Abraham and Mildred. That's Allison's story. And then we have Archer's story. And then we'll roll immediately into the children who are the plot points of the story. So, Jalisa, tell us the first one.
1: Yes. So probably the loudest out of the bunch, the probably most memorable of the cousins,
2: Millie's story.
0: I loved that. Um, Okay, next is Aubrey's story. She is the daughter of Adam. And then we have Jonah's story. And then we are going to jump into wild cards. These are not stories, but they are important.
1: So first wild card, we have good old Donald Camden. He is the family lawyer.
0: And we have Teresa Ryan, who is Mildred's direct assistant.
2: And then we have Dr. Fred Baxter. He was the family doctor for the stories all growing up. And his granddaughter is Hazel, who pops in to talk to the grandkids. Next
1: wild card is Chaz, the bartender. And he is a main bartender at one of the bars on the resort.
0: Nice. And then another wild card, uh, Matt Ryan, he's kind of back in time with the story adults, but when they were teens.
2: Right. And with Matt Ryan is Kayla Dugas. She is one of the friends of the of the story children. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> um,
1: another wild card we will get into a little later is JT. Very important, but that's all we'll say right now.
0: And then ending things up with just the North family as a unit, the whole North family. And I won't say anything else about that.
2: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So many characters. We know that's a lot. But if you've read the book, you're hearing these names and you're calling them out. So our first standing segment is always who are you hanging with? What activity are you doing? Kylie, give it to me.
0: Who, who? <laughs> I feel like you might be able to already guess this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with a young Archer story. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, uh, I'm sorry, especially if he grows up to play guitar in a local band. Um, that's so up my alley. I would play guitar with him on a beach and we'd probably, you know, party a little, drink a little. Like if we kissed, g- gosh. <laughs> i'd be okay with it
1: you know things happen
0: (laughs) two best friends are they gonna kiss that would be us
1: so i am this is a really interesting answer like based on what i will say later but i'm probably gonna be hanging with millie um i feel like she's like you know the friend you love to hate but you really love to hang out with her she's a fun time like you know, every time she was like the one trying to get the party started, even though her cousins were like not having it. Um, and she was just like always ready to go for it. So I'm definitely hanging out with Millie. In this specific scene, we'd probably be like in college, sneaking some wine or something before we go to a party. <laughs> like that that's the girl for that.
2: That's interesting. She is because like the whole book starts with her at the bar, like she's 17 and this old man's hitting on her, and she's just like confident as all get out with like she deserved to be there. Love that energy. That's fun. Um I am going to hang out with Mildred story. What? You would would. I I would yes I would love to hang out with her and and just kind of like shoot the shit. You Mm. know, I see I want to like go go on the resort and like learn all the ins and out kind of thing and like really see how it operates and like how they built it.
0: Interesting that is such an Emily answer but at the same time I was really expecting some shenanigans from Emily so I'm surprised that she's like no I'm going in for the history and the culture well I feel like
2: it's because it's this is not in the book this is like not anything related to the point but I'm like there's got to be a a drug ring or something like that on
1: here oh Yeah. Kind of under
2: underground something like that well never
1: mind before I spoil too much
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting Mildred would you hang out with a younger Mildred or would you hang out with Mildred today
2: the actual Mildred uh-uh. uh, <laughs> sun, sun, sun. Uh, it would be it would be probably with like a, a younger like as they're building it uh kind of thing
0: oh that oh, that would be cool it'd yeah. probably be stressful I'd imagine. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to build a resort. (laughs) Okay. The next segment, (laughs) it's our standing segment. Who wins in a fight? You have to set up who is fighting, maybe why they're fighting, what they're fighting about. um, And then who would win? Jalisa, I'm going to start with you.
1: Okay. So to set this up, I'm going to go with, and this is going to sound really terrible, but I'm going (laughs) to go with Mildred story and um Teresa I guess <laughs> what? and they are fighting for you know essentially what the entire book is about the power the money all of that um and like the way the book is set up with Teresa seeming to be like her like kind of like I don't want to say pet but like just the woman that does everything for her. And it's just like always two steps behind her. I think it'll make for a very interesting fight because I'm pretty
2: sure Teresa would win. (laughs) Oh my
0: God, I would watch that. I'm a little angry because
2: that that was literally what mine was going to be. (laughs) Sorry. It's all good. No, it's like such an interesting point of the book. And I kind of like already want to get into it a little bit because- okay so guys like just we're gonna get right into it and just give you like really what the book is about Mildred cuts off her family turns out it's not actually actually Mildred who did it it was her assistant Teresa who took her identity and cut off the family and the, the cousins Millie Aubrey and Jonah are the ones who find out and they are doing the best the whole time to expose her and some of the people um some of those wild card characters that we talked about were involved with with covering it or knew about it and didn't say anything um so it's the that's kind of the main one of the biggest plot points of the book
1: oh yeah which means poor mildred's story is actually dead the entire time <laughs>
0: yeah. literally
1: literally does not exist <laughs> <laughs> we never, get to, like her. Her head.
0: Yeah. never get to know we her you never ever get to know her but the dynamic of like Oh my gosh! Because she's such a classy, powerful,
2: just a rich. Bitch. She reminds me of mm-hmm. the um, the stepmom, or not like not stepmom because they never got married in the Parent Trap. Oh, Meredith, oh, Meredith, yeah. yes. I yes. just like and when they described her walking out with the white suit, I just pictured Meredith and like and that the gloves cat, and stuff. Yeah.
0: Meredith, if Meredith actually liked children.
2: <laughs> yeah, I- I'm talking about like Teresa Mildred,
0: oh.
2: yeah. Okay, so Teresa, wait, 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 pause. Are you
0: saying Teresa is Meredith?
2: Yes. Are you saying? Yes. Teresa
1: posing as Mildred (laughs) is also Meredith. (laughs) Okay.
0: You know what? I'm following. got it. You know what?
2: I saw the choo-choo tray going around.
0: Things are clicking for me now. You know what? We're recording this at the end of a work day. Come on.
2: (laughs) Giving grace. All right, Kylie, who's your, what's your fight scene?
0: Okay. So the fight I would like to see is actually just awful I I would picture Adam versus Anders so the two oldest brothers and I called it battle of the assholes yeah um, seriously
1: yes.
0: because they are not the biggest villains of maybe the book in my opinion but they are terrible human beings and I think that the two of them would literally fight each other to the death but I think that Anders would win because I think he seems like the most desperate and the most ruthless
1: yeah I agree and he kind of has like that grim kind of like yeah you just like know he would just do anything at any point like he does not care it's like almost
2: scary how like
1: creepy or evil
2: he is in a sense so calculated like yeah and and part of what he did in the book too is he scanned people out of their money so you, you already know that like he's down to like take advantage of whoever um but I don't so, know Adam point. was like pretty pretty like strong and, and built and stuff so right
0: but but Physically. as adults I, Adam's yeah. more of like a he didn't even like, have a job yeah he's read the image <laughs> no. he's like it's kind of wasting away honestly that on the couch
1: um, with that one little book he wrote but, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is more than I've done but hey <laughs> um no but to your point Emily about um Anders scamming people out of money that's partially why I think Anders would win because these guys are both I mean we we know they're both ruthless enough to be murderers but there's something so (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's something so um like cutthroat about not caring about taking away someone's life savings whereas like Adam screwed up but like like royally screwed up by um cheating on his family and impregnating aubrey's swim coach
2: yeah um
0: but there's just something like really really careless and awful about just being okay with stealing someone else's money yeah
2: it's crazy it's that's a good that's i would like to see that i would like to see it
0: and also one of them anders would absolutely pull out a weapon like it'd be like for sure because
1: he knew he he wouldn't win for sure
2: anyway anyway our next question specific to the book um is who is the most relatable cousin but fair morning you have to do a freaky friday with them so who are you switching with i think i personally would want to switch with millie i think i do relate to her a little bit more than the other like out of all all of them kind of suck yeah but <laughs> Out, probably out of all of them Millie's the most relatable because she is fighting for her family and, and kind of thing and plus she kind of lives a nice life in New York City so she does that
0: super nice um well on that note I said Aubrey and I think there's oh. a similar reason is like I think that you and Millie's personalities fit in that like you're kind of like you can work a crowd and figure things out and like you know mm-hmm. like sneak back there and get a drink behind the bar like you could pull that off Um, whereas Aubrey has like a night like naivete whatever to her that I was like oh dang it that's me (laughs) (laughs) accidentally confronts the the murderer villain whatever doesn't care
1: what's gonna happen sees the window open and is like oh yeah they left that like they didn't leave that open that's just meant for me
0: (laughs) right you sneak in with one purpose and then you end up in the middle of the worst thing ever it's like "Ah, that's relatable Jalisa who would you do
1: So this is actually perfect because I said Jonah. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. So I, like, he just kind of had like a, well, I mean, I guess I'm talking about fake Jonah. So there was our second plot twist that um, the Jonah that leaves or arrives is actually not Jonah's story. It's Jonah North. Um, And so he is here basically because... Anders has scammed his poor parents out of all their money. And he just kind of took Jonah Story's place so that he could like work a summer job, but also his plan was to get revenge. That didn't really work out, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but I thought Jonah North was just kind of like relatable, just kind of like hardworking. I really love the idea of the family bar. Like I would love to be there and like playing pool and like, my mom come in and like, oh, does anyone want something to eat? Like, you know, just little things like that. I just, I really loved Jonah North as a character. So I'd be a guy for a day, but that is who I would switch with.
2: I love that.
0: But now I'm intrigued about what it would be like to be a guy for a day.
1: (laughs) Don't we all want (laughs) to know?
2: The The unknown is just like, oh
0: yeah, that would be really interesting. Okay. Next segment. We're going to jump into it. Who is the biggest villain? Who is the biggest hero? Delisa, do you want to go first? So is this
1: just cousins or is this like everyone? It's
2: going to be Every, out of the whole story.
1: Okay. So I think in a twisted way, the biggest villain was the doctor. Oh, oh, like, he was just like, okay, yes, forgive him. He did pass away and he did have Alzheimer's and, you I, know. He was killed well yeah he was killed (laughs) but like it was like the audacity for you to like want to meet us and like sit us across from you in your house multiple times and like send your granddaughter to meet us and interview us for her whatever paper she was working on and things like that and like you literally know what happened or you know that this woman that is here is like one capable of murder could murder us at any time
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> and
1: like you just, the most you did was like bang your knee up against the coffee table like that's not a warning <laughs> we're kids like so yeah I'm putting my money on the doctor as the um the biggest villain um and then to no surprise I would definitely say Archer was the hero oh cute
0: yay um oh that's so interesting like the negligence of all of those adults closest to the story family
1: it was so creepy
0: yeah, and you'd think that you'd be able to trust your doctor, your lawyer, and your assistant with your life.
1: Like, absolutely not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Emily, biggest villain, biggest hero? So taking it back, the, so the book switches uh, time periods, right? And so going back to, like, why Teresa even felt like she had to take Mildred's identity and all that stuff, I think is because what happened to her son, uh, it was Matt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt was her son. Yeah, and what happened to Kayla, um, like all of that. So I think the biggest villains are actually um, Anders and Adam considering they they killed Matt, like they threw him out in the ocean or like whatever the hell they did to him Um, and just how they treated the people around them even after that incident.
0: Yeah, something about money making them think that
1: they could just do whatever they wanted.
2: Mm -hmm. and then they continued to be villains like in the end
1: (laughs) when everything was like done with like yeah they still oh gosh Adam was like second up for me because he was just absolutely the worst like terrible at the end to like take no responsibility for anything at all I was just like oh this guy is
2: trash yeah and then I put for the biggest hero I did say Aubrey because she did um like she saw that what she she did go to confront the girl she didn't think it through very well um but she you know tried to save the day and confronted the villain yeah so. yeah and she stood up for herself she stood up to her dad
0: you Yeah, know, she really her,
2: she really grew
0: and her deadbeat boyfriend what the heck was that yeah, that was
2: weird that
1: was so random i'm not i feel like i should dial into that a little bit more it was it was a very random relationship
0: it, it was, was. Who ghosts their, their significant other for a summer? And then it's like, oh, are we breaking up? Obviously.
1: And then just called me to gossip about my
2: dad.
0: Like, Yeah. <laughs> the audacity.
2: Thank you. Seriously. No, that was weird. That was kind of a weird plot point in all honesty. Um, but say, la vie.
0: But I guess it was giving her like gumption.
2: Right. You know?
0: Like she's taking the agency in her life to like be her, live her life. Oh, could you imagine like being in her shoes though for a moment and like going back home after the summer she's a completely different person after the summer and she's going to like live with her mom in that apartment she has a new stepbrother coming no half brother not a stepbrother like on the way that's that'll be a big change big big character arc
1: I, yeah. all, I would be trying to like move in with one of my cousins like after everyone found out that my dad slept with the swim coach and got her pregnant I would just have to I would have to leave I can't come back mom I'm sorry <laughs> love you I just cannot live good luck down. good <laughs> luck
0: yeah yeah I would agree okay I'm gonna jump in um I'm biggest hero I also put Archer because I'm in love, in love him. <laughs> oh gosh Chaz a terrible name um but also because he's kind of the one who got the solid motion he's the one that got the cousins there without him we wouldn't have had the story um there's a lot of villains to pick through the obvious answer for me was Teresa
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the witch um who lived in the Catmint house but I did want to say that I thought the most interesting villain was Paula her sister yeah because the whole like stepping into someone else's identity like giving up your whole life being someone else instead being her sister instead oh my god as someone with a sister I couldn't imagine assuming my sister's identity for the majority of my
1: life like we would Mm -hmm. kill each other and it seems kind of interesting because like like okay it's like your sister calls you up and he's like okay I have a job for you like you'll not really have to work for the rest of your life you just like live here and like well, don't walk behind me all the time but like it's not like Paula had any family or friends or anything so like why was that fun to you like you like I don't understand it
0: unless it was like a revenge story for their for the son and the nephew and they were both just so driven by that but like seriously like did she not have anything else going on in her life
1: yeah probably not miserable <laughs> i mean yeah i mean i guess that's true you probably get it
0: so maybe most interesting wasn't the way i should have introduced her like the most like the color beige i don't know <laughs> right. she was interesting
1: <laughs> that like, note she sent at the end though was like yeah top tier creepy that was yeah. weird i was like how did you find well i guess finding them wasn't that hard but like is she just hiding in plain sight? Like, does Probably. she still have eyes on them? I feel like the money isn't all gone. I feel like she's got, she's got a little stack of change somewhere, but I don't know.
2: The but parallels like- between her and Jonah North were kind of interesting. So I, I did like that note at the end because she was like, I know what it's like to assume someone's identity. And you're just like, mm-hmm. you son of a bitch.
0: Sneaky. <laughs> but I guess that would be very much like the color beige to just hide in plain sight. Mm-hmm, she's good at true. it. She'd be a great secret agent. Maybe that's right. what she is. I don't know. That's interesting. Okay, jumping forward, cousin specific. Who was the worst story in the whole
1: family tree? So this is why I said my earlier answer was going to be a little odd because I thought the worst cousin was Lily. <laughs> <laughs> she
2: like was as very much
1: white. as she was like fun and like spontaneous and like just went with it. I I personally hate people that don't think before they like act or speak. And she's like a hot. Oh God, head. you probably hate me.
2: <laughs> she's like, you. I didn't want to do this. Podcast. We
1: we spent so much time together. I had no choice but to love you. Um, but yeah, I like some of the things that she would do or say. I was just like, oh my God, this girl's like making me pull my hair out. And of course, it was all coming from like a place of love. But I mean. Sorry, she's got two really great cousins, so she kind of had to be the worst one. <laughs> yeah. True.
0: That's interesting that you say she has two great cousins because one of them is fake. not
1: her cousin. You're right.
0: So yeah. then on that note, JT was the worst cousin for me. But the fact that he and his dad could show up and make a scene at yeah. their party, like, okay, get over yourself.
1: Yeah, that then, was- like he didn't like tell the truth. Like, you I mean, mm-hmm. whatever Jonah North actually wanted to come do was like his own thing, but like. You set this up for him, like,
2: why didn't you kind of tell your dad that side of things?
0: Yeah, it's a great point.
2: No, that is a good point. Me, I just I'm gonna stick with like my villains of Adam and Archer or um, Adam and Anders. completely. Bays were not killing Archer. Me. I know Bays, Bays were, were killing me. Um, Adam and Anders because it was just like, if you if you would have shrunk your vi- like took a moment to see the big picture and like how insignificant your life is and all of it, like none of this would have happened. Yeah. Very true.
0: Yeah. But they could just toy with people's lives. It's It's it's
1: disgusting. It's like such a privilege. just spend some time thinking through how Kayla and Matt really got under their skin? Because I really loved it. Like (laughs) that was one of my best, like favorite moments of the flashbacks was Uh when like Allison would either like go off on Adam about like Kayla or like I mean her chasing Matt was like very sad but also at the same time it was just like oh this is like I'm I'm, like into it (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for the drama I'm here for the drama like I like it was sad because I like believed Matt at first you know like he just seemed like such a sweet guy he was Teresa's son like yeah. I mean, like to say his mom was so involved in that family. He was almost like outcast from the family. So when Allison gave him a shot, I was like, oh my God, he like played her. It was, I mean, that was good drama. That was a uh-huh. um, 10 out of 10.
0: <laughs> I almost put Kayla as my biggest hero. Mm. As like a twist, only because she's clearly living her best life.
1: Clearly. She's Everyone was just damn. falling
0: in love with her left, right, and center. So fun. Um, <laughs> but then also that she then spent the remainder of her life trying to like get justice for Matt, and, like figure out what's yeah. going
2: on. Like, it's interesting.
1: That was pretty sweet.
2: All right. Our next standing segment is a fun one, our surprise discussion question. So I'm happy to go first. I would love to know did this book hook you immediately or did it take some time to get into? For me, it took a little bit, but like not too long. And by the time they were like on the island, I was zooming okay yeah I will 100% agree with you and I
0: can tell you exactly when I was like oh and I kept reading it was literally it was really early on it was when Donald Camden the lawyer pulled them into his office and tried to give them a job on the movie set Um, Mm -hmm. and kind of from that moment on I was like I am so sus about everybody in the book I just wanted to know the secrets the
1: secrets it took me so long (laughs) like I kept reading it and I was like oh my god they are going to think I picked the worst book in the world and then you both were like y'all were done and I was like okay I'm missing something like what it what am I not getting into it really didn't hook me until like kind of like when the plot really thickened when they like got kicked out of the gala or whatever and like everyone was like going home or going home or whatever like that is when I was like okay I gotta see I gotta see it through because now like they're not just going to leave so I mean yeah honestly that is it it just took me so long to get into but then literally like once I got into it it was like three more hours and I'm like done like I couldn't (laughs) put it down after that
2: totally
0: it is um This is also our first YA and first thriller. Um, And it is interesting. I feel like with YA books in particular, like you kind of hit a rhythm of reading it, but you have to like hit that point where you're like, boom, I'm sucked in. And then you have that rhythm of the YA book. That's interesting that we all hit at a different
2: pace. (laughs) Oh my gosh, me, because I read almost like strictly YA. So that's probably why it didn't take me like quite as long because I was a I was just like, I'm going to read it regardless, yeah, <laughs> whether yeah. I like it or
0: not. You said it's my job. It's my yeah. duty. It's I'm my here. sole responsibility on this planet. I will read all of the YA. Thank you so much. Always. Okay. Um, I'm going to jump in. My surprise discussion question. Do you like books like this with multiple POVs and multiple timelines?
1: Oh,
2: that's a great question. Okay. I will, I've got like big beef with some of this. So I'm so glad I get to unload some of this. <laughs> I love multiple, I love multiple POVs and multiple timelines if they're done right. I don't want to feel like the same story is being told, like just from a different lens. I don't think that does it well. I think it slows the timing of it. Same thing with um, like switching POV or uh, timelines. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm getting whiplash going back and forth. Um I run into, I really don't like it when the book's done and it's just one POV and then a second book comes out and it's a separate POV. I think that's almost, this is going to sound really bad, but I think it's lazy writing because like you could have packaged it all together and done it really well, but now I have to spend 15 more dollars on a book. Um, so that's like my little soapbox about that kind of stuff. So yes, Uh, do you hate
0: do you hate the Twilight series that it came out with the Edward POV then years later? First of
2: all, like, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Same thing with Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, uh, yeah, it wasn't. First of all, re- re-reading Twilight, you're like, this is not
1: good. Oh,
2: my God. I can't even watch the movie. When people say they, like, binge the
1: movies now, I'm like, these movies, aren't they worse? <laughs> they, I don't know why it had us, like, in a chokehold as kids, but I, yeah, I cannot do the Twilight thing anymore. Well, now
0: it's just camp. So when we were younger, we were like, this is, this is it. This is literature. This is like life. This is everything I can want. And now it's just campy.
2: Yeah. And if you've been keeping up with our podcast, then, you know, uh, Kylie and I have a rule to mention Twilight, everyone. So thank you for bringing (laughs) that up. That was perfect. Twilight and little women. (laughs) Boom. Easter eggs. Check. Um, but yeah, so that's my thing. I love it, but it has to be done right. And I think Karen McManus is one of those people who can do it. Absolutely. Right.
1: Nice. Jalisa, do you like POVs, timelines? Yeah, I agree with what Emily said. Um I feel like when you have like the multiple POVs or like the shifting timelines, like it's usually for a reason and there's like a lot of background or history that really just kind of leads to like the overall plot. So I really love the way that it was done here and I almost wish that, you know, we could have gotten more of it and like we could have went back to like the real Mildred and like the father and like figured out how they built the entire resort that they had or like, you know, even to have like a little look into the death of Mildred or what I am assuming is a murder because Teresa and Paulo were literally terrible people. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I feel like the, the shifting timelines, the different POVs, it really just makes for a great story. So I'm all for it.
0: Nice. I would agree. I want the author to try to confuse me, like yeah. really just throw me in there. Like, let's <laughs> see what happens
1: it's gonna happen i'll get confused it will happen if you guys had like did this in middle school but i remember in like sixth grade when we like really started reading one of our teachers like told us to like put like a like tape a piece of paper in the front of your books to like write out all of the characters so you could remember them and i was so glad that this book had that page (laughs) i looked back at it so many times it doesn't make any sense Like I was so confused with everyone having like the same initials and Mm -hmm. the and the shifting POVs. Like I was so lost. So thank you, Karen, for for putting
2: that family tree in the front because it was scary. It was so helpful. Kylie and I talked a little bit about this. Like if, if a book has a glossary in the back, a map in the front or something like this, like there's a reason and it's going to be because you're going to use it. So yeah. I t- and it. I
0: always love it. You love turning that front page and seeing that and being
1: like, oh boy. Oh, we're okay. getting into it. <laughs> we're, in, we're in for it.
0: Here we go. It's happening. It's happening.
1: Okay, yes. Yeah, so, for discussion questions. So, going back to the cover of the book, the thing that we were all tied to, and like the main quote throughout the entire story was like, family first, always. Which family, pair, group, however you want to call it, do you think adhere to it the most? Because it definitely wasn't the story family and it was like their dad that said it all the time. Or at Ooh. least in my opinion, it definitely wasn't the story family.
0: So who's like...
2: Yeah, like in your actually, opinion... Who's actually living the motto? Yeah, That's a good question. Um, I honestly would say the North family. Because like having that family bar, you know, they trusted Anders to to invest their money and like do more with it, um, to, to help their family. And, and I love a found family. Like that's a fun, uh, a fun trope. And so the fact that Jonah found Millie and then she got accepted into the North family, I mm. think is, is very cute. And then like the bartender was, is part yeah. of their found family too. So I would say them, because at the end of the day, everything, and even what Jonah did, like it was to better their family. That's sweet. I'm gonna that sweet
0: them. <laughs> I do really like that. I'm gonna go the opposite. So, okay. Of sweet, I'm gonna say that revenge really um, must have kept those Ryans together, Teresa I'm and Paula. You.
1: I'm with you,
0: Kylie. If you're willing to sacrifice your whole life for a crime with your sister,
1: <laughs> right? Literally. Oh my gosh!
0: There's a level of family first, always there that uh, I don't know
1: that I will ever be able to comprehend. And I feel like we can almost tack on like Matt and Kayla to that. Like, of course, poor Matt—he, you know, yeah. died first. But like the way Kayla like just really went hard for him after his death and really tried to like shine a light How on. How did him, she like, die, or did she? There was like the drug thing, and yes. was it the doctor that did that too? Because like, I... Teresa made it seem like by the time she knew about it, it was like done. It was, yeah.
0: yes, and it was. It was. Um, they got a hold of the autopsy the autopsy was suspicious um it was it was the doctor's granddaughter who yeah, found yeah, it when yeah. she was going through everything and then they showed it to her sis Kayla's sister Ona, Ona or
1: something yeah. yeah
0: and Ona is the one who was like that's that was not in the original autopsy the drugs in her system I think that was an Adam Anders
2: yeah I think it was and
0: doctor like kind of all working together there or maybe it was just the doctor stepping in because she was oh it was because she was getting too close to the truth right it was the
1: doctor and donald because she kept calling donald yes
0: Yes. oh my god we're surrounded by villains
1: they really really, honestly
0: this island has a high population like it's a small it's a small population of people high population of criminals
1: which is surprising (laughs) to that note and i always have to look for like the Well, that doesn't make sense in every book I read. Did it not, like, did no one, was there, like, a a period of hiding for Teresa to become Mildred? Like, no one, I I, I mean, there was, like, two trusted people that knew what was going on. Like, there was no, no one worked at the gas station, the library, no one else knew what Mildred looked like for them to be like, oh, yeah, that's her.
2: That's a good point. I think because she became such a recluse after, like, in a strange the family kind of thing she wasn't out in public a lot yeah so it was probably a little bit easier it would probably like paul and Teresa was probably easy for her to look like Teresa because they were sisters so that's what i had to guess like and then if you have all these people like the lawyer the doctor yeah that's her yeah i mean and, and she knew what she looked like she was with her every single day like
0: they had more money than like god
2: so yeah they
0: pay for whatever they wanted
1: i guess she probably always stayed like pretty covered up too so mm-hmm. i'm sure yeah. she wasn't just like walking down the road like chilling at the park or anything right.
0: <laughs> what was interesting though is that they were really involved in the community like the stories mildred abraham and their kids like you like they go into town and their photos are everywhere like whatever from way back when yeah that's a good point so, it that is interesting though that like people from the t- I guess they are the family gossip it's they're like the Kennedys of their island so maybe they're more just like the gossips like they're just like on a pedestal and people don't really know them
1: but you yeah. think somebody
0: from town would be like yes, that's not
1: her right and that's know. not Teresa Teresa and Paula couldn't have looked that much alike for her to just slip in. Who knows? But, but,
0: but gaslighting, gaslighting. I guess if you've got the town lawyer and the town doctor going, no, that's them. No, that's them. You'd be like, oh, well,
1: surely it must be them.
2: Yeah. But she had like all, yeah. I mean, something had to have happened because like she wore gloves to cover up a birthmark. Yeah. So I don't. Interesting.
1: They might have killed anyone else that said anything.
2: Very good they, point. They were just
1: killing people. So there could be more bodies we just don't know about. Very true. Wow,
0: that's a great point. Well, this seems like a perfect segue into what's your favorite quote? (laughs) I'll go first. My favorite quote, it's a quick one. Uh, It's not very deep. It's Paula, why don't you
1: light a fire in the South Parlor? Oh my God. (laughs) Kylie, we read this book the exact same way. That is my quote. (laughs) Oh my God, that's my quote. That was the moment, like, that was so. Creepy, and like once you figure out what the fire actually was, it's like, so you guys knew this day was coming, you knew what you did was wrong, but you had an escape plan, and like you weren't going down without a fight. Like, oh, I love that. I do too. And it's also
0: like in all of it, it was such a, I think it was so eerie because it's so calm, like it's still so like business as usual. We don't, we're rich, we're wealthy, we don't ruffle our feathers,
1: like we're not.
2: We, we just fire soon this summer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why don't you light up fire in the South Parlor?
1: I, like, picture in my mind, like, she, like, obviously lights the house on fire and then, like, runs out the back door and is in, like, this mini coop and, like, takes off, like, a fake wig or something to, like, like, she already has her bags packed. Like, they had this plan. And, like, also... It must be, like, pretty sad to have, like, given up your entire life to go live with and pretend to be your sister and then leave her there to die. <laughs> but, literally. Yeah. Why did I
0: not think of that until you said that just that then? That is
1: pretty, pretty fucked up. But, hey, I guess if that was the plan, then you got to see it through.
0: I mean, I thought they were shells of themselves at that point. They weren't, yeah. so I guess, losing her sister. She would lost her a long time ago. But that's, I had, how had I not thought of that? That she was literally like, goodbye.
2: Yeah, she got out of there. Literally, never did quick.
0: Dang.
2: Um, So I did not have that quote. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what this was in context to, and I can't, I don't even have a page number, so sorry about that. But this one is, they snake their way into your heart and soul, burying so deep that the very idea of exposing them feels like losing a part of yourself.
1: Oh my God, what are we talking about? I don't
0: remember. (laughs) Yeah. Now I'm trying to remember that too. That feels like a family reference.
2: I think it was something about Allison, like feeling that way. Um, if I had my Kindle on me, I could like give a little bit more context, but I don't have it.
0: And exposing them feels like, gosh, losing part of yourself. That does feel like an Allison. not to project because we could be getting this totally wrong, but that does feel like almost justification for why she didn't say she, something. Knew, yeah, she knew yeah
2: because she knew
0: which okay can, problematic like i i get like at the end archer like that her and archer having this moment of like reconciliation but if she her knowing that her two oldest brothers had a hand in in the death of of like people from their hometown or whatever And her never saying something was, like,
1: it's just awful. That's objectively terrible. They
2: killed the father of her unborn or of her unborn child. And, like, to think
1: that she was, like, there that night and, like, basically walked up on them doing it, like, was there when they were, like, finished? Like, how did you sleep at night? But I guess she was, you know, pretty fucked up in her own way, so I guess not well.
0: Yeah, true. And I guess the guilt of witnessing that, like, you might feel, like, family first always. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't yeah. Like exposing them is losing part of yourself. I don't know that she would be complicit too. So she heard turning them in, gets herself in trouble. But God, even after all the, the news comes out at the end, does she not want to step forward and be like, I did see some suspicious things right. that night, maybe
1: there'll be a, a second book or something.
0: And you know what's come.
1: interesting that I'm just thinking about, like, I don't think we really ever learned like why the parents kind of just stopped talking.
2: Like I mean Archer
1: disappeared. Archer, like, you know, fell off the face of the earth. But like there were like a few memories from the cousins of them being together as kids. And then they like the parents just kind of like that's a good point. Maybe
0: shame, guilt, and shame run run real deep. Maybe it was because I
1: really want to be friends with Adam and Anders. Right. Uh,
2: Yeah. Maybe it was something like, look, mom's not cutting, like we're not like we don't have to play nice with each other, like if we're not getting any money out of this. So what's the freaking point
0: ah uh, that's so interesting it usually is you hear about big families or like loving families that fall apart and it is interesting that money is so often like mm-hmm. you yeah, right at, at the root it of it
2: yeah and like the matriarch who held them together was no longer holding them so i think probably just like crumbled
0: blame each other for that too mm-hmm oof oof Well, that
2: seems like a fine opportunity to move into plot twists absolutely so we've covered a lot of them throughout the podcast in in a typical thriller fashion this one is loaded with them i think the very first one we uncover is probably uh jonah's story in air quotes is not jonah's story he's jonah north um and it got caught because he (laughs) he was eating uh shrimp and millie noticed uh so that's probably the first plot twist I, I think that we really get into.
0: Can I just say how, like, legitimately how relieved I was when I learned that plot twist? Because the sexual like, tension between <laughs> Millie and Jonah, their cousins, was so
1: pointed it was weird. and weird. It was so weird. And yeah. I thought that that was the plot twist. Like, so, or I like, thought, the whole thing. Like, I was like, this is an incest story? Like, what did I just walk into?
2: Right. And I knew, I was like, one of them's not related. But for a while, I was like, is it going to be Millie? Is she like um so that's what when it kind of was coming out about um, oh the pregnancy, the pregnancy, I was like, oh my gosh, like did her dad just like marry in and Ooh. and be a, a cover up because Allison and her first and her first husband um got divorced, so she's a single, single parent. So I was like, oh my gosh, is this covering up? And then no, it's he is is from a different family, which like thank God, because I was getting thank weird. God
0: thank it was God. like it was too real, it was too palpable, like either. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they're
2: related. What state are we in? Yeah, uh Massachusetts. So <laughs> yeah. um, and then the next pod next podcast, that's this one, uh plot twist that we really get into is finding out that Chaz is Archer. Again with the name Chaz. Why <laughs> it, it seemed like such a bartender name though.
1: Like of course there's a bartender named Chaz on a resort. Uh. He's in the, Massachusetts with a hundred
2: people,
0: he's of the local townie. Like, of course, Chaz plays in the band, and
2: plays Africa by Toto. <laughs> yeah,
0: of course, of course. Okay, a plot twist that I wanted to just mention because I feel like it was a plot twist in its own way was Allison getting pregnant. Yeah, not that it was shocking because we kind of all saw that coming, mm-hmm. but it was also and like no blame on her here, but it was also kind of the event that triggered. Adam and Anders and some death and More all death. the crazy yeah so it was a twist that changed their the course of their lives
2: that's a good point also, Jalisa, any from your perspective like any plot plot twists that we haven't hit on
1: Hmm, I didn't actually write one down but let me just take a, a scan through the entire book that was filled with them <laughs>
2: right it was so um, many
1: you could kind of just like point.
2: <laughs> I think we've hit them, in all honesty, because the next segment's the ending, which yeah, baby, is the entire thing.
0: Okay, so yeah, the plot twist of all hey, plot twists.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like we've been discussing the 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 ending, the final plot twist, the final reveal and unraveling of of the cousins by Karen McManus is that Mildred's story is not Mildred's story. Bump, bump, bump. Were you shocked? Was anybody surprised by
1: that? I was absolutely shocked. When when they, when they Aubrey sent the text about the birthmark, it still didn't hit me. So I was like, OK, what about a birthmark? What's a birthmark? Like what's going on? But yeah. I'm, obviously at this point, I'm like frantically reading. And <laughs> then when everyone else like comes to the realization and then I do also, I was like, oh, my God.
2: That's when you're like, you, you flip the page and you just like quickly skim it to like, see what the last word is. You're like, okay, something. No hasn't one's going to die so yet. You, like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Cause that I... was wild. And then of course, like once it all comes out and Mildred or Teresa is dead, there's no money uh, really left for any of the kids or the grandkids. Um let's just was- take a step back and
1: talk about the fi- one the fire so the the whole house goes up into flames paula which was teresa even though teresa was mildred anyway <laughs> are you following at home does that make right. sense? <laughs> paula lights the house on fire per teresa's direction this was clearly their plan all along but would you guys have taken teresa out or would you let their there to burn because i was going to leave her there if i was archer i was getting me and aubrey out the house so. I would get them out the first, but
2: I would also take her in so, like, she can be questioned by the police.
1: I was gonna leave her there to die. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so- we were already on the second floor. We're already, like, kind of hurt. Smoke is everywhere. It's me. Well, it's us or
2: you at this point.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, have, in all
2: honesty, I probably would have thrown Teresa out the window, like, on a bush or something to, like, cushion her fall. But, I, but she's the only, like, proof that that wasn't Mildred. Like, the only DNA... Did, what, where did Cameron go? David Cameron. Who was
1: Cameron? is that the lawyer? Yeah. Oh, oh, Dave. Donald Dave Camden. Camden. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> he went <laughs> to jail. They caught him. David Cameron is <laughs> the first. <laughs> <laughs> <by Mr. laughs> Cameron and I was like, surely
0: it's David Cameron. <laughs> oh God yeah you're right Donald Camden <laughs> yeah He's
1: he did somewhere. not get away in time he went to jail
2: that's right that's right oh, God.
0: straight to jail straight to jail I was gonna say the not the the money being gone maybe surprised me even more than
2: I'm surprised they blew the identity through it. yeah yeah because
0: yeah. also like it, it, you feel like there would have been a paper trail of that too but I guess if it's that they're all in cahoots together yeah. like maybe nobody would have, like, have known
1: yeah your doctor and your lawyer like who else would you yeah in a small town expect to like right like, no one would want to question that
0: the resort had to be falling apart like shutting lights off you know what i mean how could they afford to pay for anybody there like that was surprising to me
1: and it was also interesting because that was like the excuse she gave for like why she did it like she was like oh we like didn't want you guys to blow through your parents money but you did <laughs>
2: like Uh, what and that's justified
1: Money, money
0: money amazing book oh and then it ends with sorry ends with the letter from paula i just wanted to touch on that one more time because that was freaking crazy that was a really i thought interesting way to close it all out it did wonder
1: if there was a part two coming but then also it was like i mean other than the letter from paula like well there's no money so what else can we talk about
0: it's just interesting to me that this character who was a non-character until the very end had the final word
2: Mm -hmm. what a way what a way and that was a great way to to close out our our characters chat pod our characters chat about the cousins like usual we're going to close with an independent bookstore and jalisa who are we highlighting
1: Yes. So, um for all my listeners out there, um I instead of, you know, shopping Amazon, we all love Amazon and I do still shop Amazon a lot. But for books, I appreciate giving back to a local bookstore. Um and so even though I live in Greenville, South Carolina, I will admit ordering stuff online is just my way to go. I've never actually gone out like for a bookstore. But if you're like me, you can go to bookshop.org and they have every book you ever want. Like they've got it all. And a proceed of your purchase goes to local bookstores. So you can either pick a local bookstore, if you know of one, or you can just like search, um, or you can just kind of do it generally and it'll show you when you check out the percentage of the purchase that went to local bookstores. So I Ever since I've been ordering them from them for probably about a year or so now, I always um, give my donation to Brave and Kind Bookshop. So it's located in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's black-owned. And the majority of the inventory is like children's books. Like that's really like their bread and butter. The owner is like a mom, so it's really cute. But they also have like you know young adult, adult books also. Um, so that is my plug right there bookshop.org and if you happen to be in Atlanta, um please visit Brave and Kind. I'd love to visit one day. <laughs> oh. Love
2: that. Yeah. That's amazing. Too. I'm so glad that there are websites out there who are committed to keeping local bookstores alive and and helping them out. Yes, I love it. Oh my God. Love it so much.
0: I had no idea about that. Thanks for sharing. Of yes. course. And I
2: mean the prices are like
1: the same. Like it's the same as if you were going to get it from Amazon, you have to wait a little longer, but
2: it's fine. <laughs> you know what? Worth we it. love to we love to see it and it's worth it. Well, Jalisa, thank you so much for joining us. We are honored to have you as our yes. first guest. And we And thanks
0: for picking out this book. Yeah, thank
2: you. Oh, it's amazing. Um, and we'll look forward to having you on another one in the future, maybe
1: thanks guys bring me back anytime this was literally like the funnest thing I did in the last two weeks <laughs> Hell, so this was like the one thing I had to look forward to so I'm happy to come back at any time
0: you're in the book club now you I'm can't here. shake us I'm here
1: me and Emily tried to start a book club one time she like dusted oh my gosh my <laughs> friend. she like circled us like every two days earlier this year I think it was i think it, i'm pretty sure it was this year like every two days she would text us and was like how far are y'all we like oh shit no
2: i think it was in 2020 because it was when i it was where the crowd dad sings
1: we yeah we did not we did not read quick enough so that was our me and emily's once upon a time
2: look like <laughs> to be fair i read <laughs> i'm sorry i can't I wait in. <laughs> hey john so hey john he said i waited for so long to be fair i read unnaturally fast so like it's a little yeah i get it
1: i used to be like does this girl have a job like
2: what's going on <laughs> yeah did she, like did, did she like, get let go like
1: i don't know how she just has time to just get through the book like eventually she just stopped texting us and like um finished the book like okay to hell with y'all i'm
2: like let me know when you get another one i'll
0: read it <laughs> That sounds about right. That sounds exactly right, Emily. Exactly. Of course, you have like multiple book clubs, and just like in different corners too.
2: No, everyone <laughs> just comes to me and like, what do I read? I'm like, oh, you should read this. Like, tell me what you think. And I just never hear from them again. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay.
0: Thank you so much, Talisa. We really appreciate you coming. And thank you, everybody, for listening and reading and sticking with us. That's really honestly super generous of you. Um, I wanted to plug our socials one more time. So if you want to share feedback on the episode or the book or literally whatever you want, we'll read it. Uh, our email is characterspodchat at gmail.com. And then our Instagram, our Twitter, our TikTok is characters chat. Um, so yeah, check us out there or uh, I don't know, pressure us to post more. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> don't do <Maybe> that guys.
2: <laughs> all, we both have full-time jobs. <laughs>
0: We're hanging on. We're hanging in there. Yep. That's okay.
2: But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Keep listening a little bit more for the next book.
1: Woohoo.
0: You're still here? Just kidding. Thank you again so much for listening. Thank you for reading. Thank you for loving books. Your prize for making it this far is a tease at our next book club book. We're going to read The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave and our guest will be Jessica Ormond. Looking forward to this. A quick thank you to my brother Luke Schaefer for for our jingle and a thank you
2: to you for being so cool.
0: Chat with you soon.